0: We are proud to introduce the Grunt Style Foundation, a nonprofit devoted to servicing our service members, veterans, and their families. As an organization it is built on three pillars, honor, integrity, and advocacy. We recognize those who have courageously served our country and we're ready to go to the very steps of power on their behalf. We've done it before and we'll do it again. From providing veterans with affordable in-home therapy methods, to championing alternative therapies to combat traumatic brain injuries toxic chemical, or heavy metal exposures, and more. Our approach is holistic and aggressive. Wherever our community is in need, we are there. Our mission is ongoing and will remain with support from people like you. Make our mission your mission, and together we can turn the tide. Someone has to. Visit www.grunstylefoundation.org for more information and join the change today.
1: Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Gaslighting the Warfighter with myself, Tim Jensen. It will be me today. Uh, there's no Will Wisner or Miss Rosie Torres. They're off doing the great work that they've been doing over the last few years and continuing to get deeper into the veteran subject. And today we have two special guests uh, that we will be talking to, uh, specifically in the realms of psychedelics. Right, uh, We talked a lot about our community over the uh, last 18 episodes um, a lot about the toxic exposure and the things that are happening within the community, and uh, the ones that we're losing to this particular thing. And we've achieved, you know, some victories with the Pact Act, um, but you know the work is not done, right? We know there's some significant problems that still linger within our community that have not been addressed yet, um, you know, and most specifically that comes to uh, veteran suicide. And there's some, some very stark statistics that we'll get into. Uh, as we get into the show and, and, and talk to our guests um, but you know i'm very excited about this particular episode uh, and the work that we're going to be getting into in 2023 so let's uh, get right into it i'll introduce our first guest, Representative Tony Lavasco from the wonderful state of Missouri, as well as Epen Thampy, a uh, advocate uh, and lobbyist that is working in the state of Missouri as well on these particular issues of psychedelics and reducing the criminality from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 uh, when it comes to these forms of modality and modalities of plant-based therapy. So uh, I'd like to welcome you guys to the show. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It's a little cold here in San Antonio. I hope it's a, a little warmer where you're at, but... I would imagine it's not
2: <laughs> it's not but thank you for having us
1: fantastic now uh mr lavasco um uh, you are a representative within the, the state of missouri how long have you been uh on the hill uh for for your state and you know what what has attracted you to this particular subject
2: so i've been uh, here in jeff city as a state rep now i'm going into my fifth year uh, my third term i've got two-year terms here in missouri uh, and to be honest, I, I kind of started uh, down this, this journey on a, on a purely philosophical uh, basis, right? Uh, I have ran for office specifically to uh, kind of protect people from government. I think that uh, unless you're you know, specifically causing harm to others, the government should more or less stay out of your life. And uh, you know, this issue is something where you know, there's, there's some folks that would like to have access to, to various treatments that the government's telling them they can't. And I kind of looked at it simply on that nature initially, that uh, you know, it's, it's not the government's role to get between you and your doctor and decide what kinds of uh, therapies that you can have. Uh, that being said, you know, as I explored the issue more and, and delved deeper into it and met more and more people, uh, the more I really have become convinced that uh, these types of treatments really do help people. It's not a, a quack science, there's a lot of data that, that speaks to this. And I've met a lot of people that this has changed their life and that really has changed my perspective and not just how to present the issue, but I think how to argue it as well.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with everything you just said there. Uh, Even Thampy, uh, you know, you've been lobbying on this issue, uh, both at state and federal level, um, you know, You introduced you and I were got introduced uh, late last year, um, where we got connected on a a special session, if you will, of the uh, House of Representatives uh, in the state of Missouri for this particular subject of uh, psychedelics. Myself and Will Wisner uh, were invited to uh, the the Hill uh, within Jefferson City, um, and we testified on the. the use of psychedelics and how it has impacted our lives uh, to individuals that, um, you know, have uh, been in, seen combat history, um, you know, have some, um, some, you know, some issues that we've brought home with us that we've struggled with for years and we've had great impact on. And we were able to share that story uh, in front of Congress uh, in the state of Missouri. How how did you get on this path?
3: So I've been working on drug policy issues for about 15 years of my adult life starting with uh, legalization of marijuana. Uh, About 2016, I met in Denver, uh, uh, Matt Cale, US Army veteran who had founded a nonprofit called Veterans for Natural Rights that was involved in uh, promoting uh, psychedelic medicine access for military veterans. And uh, some of your viewers may recognize him from a couple of documentaries, uh, uh, From Shock to Awe and also soldiers of the vine and you know, he kind of covered the journey of uh, several veteran groups down to South America for ayahuasca therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was 2016, Uh, it took us till 2021 to find uh, lawmakers interested in uh, advancing the issue. And then uh, we uh, began seriously talking to Representative Olvosko in in uh, uh, 2022. and he uh, filed our uh, bill, which uh, resulted in a success uh, in a series of hearings. Uh, and uh, then last year, as uh, when we connected uh, the uh, Missouri legislature, the Missouri House had uh, uh appointed a special committee an interim committee on veterans, mental health and suicide prevention. So uh, we've been able to begin the process of educating our lawmakers about these issues. and um, I'm glad to say we're finally, after seven years, really gaining some traction and some buy-in on the, these uh, these issues. So, right. um, hope to continue working with uh, Representative Velasco as uh, the issue advances in uh, our state.
1: Fantastic. Now, you know when we talk about the state of Missouri, you know, you know there's uh, some recent studies that have just come out. Uh, you know, between 2019 and 2022, that has uh, put Missouri in the, in the top ten states of veteran suicides. You know, we heard it at the um uh testimony last uh last uh, was it september october time period um you know and i've read the i've read the the studies themselves you know um even representative david griffith uh, had put forward you know language saying we're going to commit to curbing the veteran suicide within our state how's that going
2: we got some work to do Um, You know, I got to say that that interim hearing was a little frustrating. Uh, I think the the idea of having that discussion was fantastic, Um, but it wasn't uh, nearly as broad as it really should have been. Uh, There was a lot of players in in the space that were not invited to to testify. There was a lot of topics that we didn't really have time to get into. Uh, And quite frankly, I think while the the committee's uh, desire to toss some more money at the issue is better than doing nothing, uh, the reality is this is not something we can buy our way out of. Um, you know, we have to find ways to get people the help that they need and to allow them to help themselves. And I think, you know, my bill and, and others like it, I think, are the way to, to do that. Uh, it's not just a matter of, of you know, let's study this further or let's think about it. Um, you know, we're running out of time. People are dying on a regular basis. And if this can help even a few of them, it's something we got to get out of, the, out of their way. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, the the plant based medicine side of this, you know, in in comparison or contrast to you know, some of the uh, synthetics that you know have been proposed uh, around the country, you know, Mr. Lovasco, what do you, what, what do you see what do you see the as the difference between the two, and why are you advocating for more of a plant based um, you know modality of treatment than perhaps say MDMA or you know some of these uh, ketamine treatments that are are more synthetic based. Um, that uh, and and a little bit more accessible right now.
2: To be honest, that's a practical matter. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of promise in MDMA as well, uh, and I think you know ketamine is allowed to be used in limited circumstances in Missouri for medicinal purposes. Um, you know, whereas MDMA is not not quite there yet. Uh, the reality, though, is uh, any proposal that we, we put forward has to be able to to make it out of the building. And uh, the reality is there's still a lot of people very uncomfortable with the idea of something like MDMA, which is widely used as a street drug, uh, transitioning over to the medical uh, side of things. Uh, psilocybin doesn't have that uh, specific stigma. Obviously, there are you know, recreational uses, and you know, that, that is part of the conversation, but it's not nearly as large a part of the conversation. Uh, right. That and the fact that, quite frankly, uh, natural substances are just less scary than pharmaceuticals uh, you know, as a general rule. And while uh, I really don't see any difference from the point of uh, whether or not the policy is good or not, uh, you gotta get the votes. And I think the votes are a lot easier to get uh, when we're focusing on something like psilocybin who uh, has been actively studied, hasn't been shown to be uh, adversely affected uh, by other interactions and uh, just easily uh, easily explainable in a, in a quick, short uh, sound bite. And sometimes that's what it takes to get things done. Here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, even you and I have had long conversations uh, on the uh, these the modalities of treatment, uh, specifically the psilocybin and, and ayahuasca, um, where do you see uh, the the state outside of the uh, the political aspects of it? Um, you know, in in your conversations that you're having uh, with you know community leaders and uh, the non-politicos, what are their thoughts about uh, you know this type of legislation uh, happening within the state of Missouri?
3: You know, um, I would say that there's already been kind of an extraordinary uh, dissemination of of knowledge on psychedelics uh, through popular culture. I mean, you got Joe Rogan talking about this. You got uh, Michael Stamets, Michael or, or or Paul Stamets, Michael Pollan. You know, the, there's Netflix documentaries. Uh, a lot of people in the business and corporate worlds are already kind of, uh, keying in on this issue, Um, you know, in terms of community leaders, um, you know, we've been very actively reaching out to folks in law enforcement, uh, firefighters and other first responders because, you know, there's first off a a strong uh, crossover between those communities and military veterans. Um, And second, you know, these uh, other uh, first responder communities experience similar trauma issues that go largely unaddressed and largely unspoken whereas you know with military veterans um, you have very outspoken advocates mm-hmm. um, so you know just by the fact that we've been approaching these conversations presenting the data we've uh, already started to see a lot of buy in uh, and a lot of interest um, and I'm very excited that Missouri might might start leading the the nation in in and bringing in you know kind of the whole spectrum of trauma impacted populations um, uh, thanks to you know again the leadership of our, our, our of our military veteran community.
1: Fantastic, fantastic, and there's a lot of work being done in WashU, uh, you know, different uh, you know uh, places of higher learning, uh, you know, in the medical field that's happening within the state, uh, which is fantastic. Now, uh, and it's all culminating to this this movement, right? And you know, Missouri is one of you know fifteen states right now that is currently talking uh, and have active bills somewhere in circulation within these st- uh, these states and the legislators so you know we we this is a movement this is you know some this is it's a very exciting we're on the leading edge of of a conversation right now that stopped almost sixty years ago right with the uh, proliferation of uh, you know psychedelics in the in the '60s through the Ken Keseys and the Tim O'Learys and you know all these individuals at, at the early time periods that kind of left it all with a stigma, right? That we are now having to reduce um, to save our freaking lives, <laughs> which blows my mind, right? And you know I think a little bit of that uh, to talk about, you know, uh, is. You know, a little bit of the statistics, right? You know, if we're looking comparatively over the last 20 years, you know, we've seen over 30,177 veterans take their life in the same time period of the 20-year war, the longest war in American history, only 7,057 combat deaths. Think about that, right? We are killing ourselves at a factor of nearly uh, 4.5 to combat. Uh, what is going on within our community? Like, w- like, why are we killing ourselves in these numbers? First and foremost, um, is it trauma based? Is it you know our trauma from the military? Is it you know trauma from uh, perhaps coming into the military? Because you know we're, we're let's look at let's be real the 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 um, the fabric of our country uh, is pretty torn, right? We, the nucleus of the family is not as strong as it was thirty years ago. We um, have a lot of broken homes and a lot of people joining the military um, you know, with already, you know, a significant trauma in place. Uh, and then you're adding, you know, more trauma on top of that, in, uh, you know, from combat scenarios, military sexual trauma, military assaults, all these different things, um, you know, so I'm a root cause analysis guy. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, providing solutions to the, to our community, but, you know, are we have, so, have we I, guess so I, I guess I'll jump in here. So,
3: I guess we will jump in here. Um, so I mean, there's numerous, I mean, causal factors here, right? But I think at the end of the day, um, we as a society are not very well prepared to deal with uh mental or physical trauma, uh, in, in our society. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've over the last 30 years, over the course of my lifetime. Uh, We have chosen uh, pharmaceutical routes that uh, do not generally help or do not help very much um, and in many cases exacerbate these harms, right? So um, and then, you know, there's numerous other ways we could quantify, you know, our societal failures, but, you know, I feel a lot of people, especially in rural Missouri, um, you know, feel left behind, um, feel neglected. Um, You know, there's, uh, I feel in in society today, there's a pervasive sense of uh, spiritual desolation and uh, despair. Um, And, uh, you know, people are scrambling for anything that gives them hope and meaning and purpose. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not here to tell everyone, you know, psychedelics is the panacea for all of that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if we can, provide access to curative therapies that help address some of these root causes, I think a lot of the downstream effects will be very positive.
1: Yes, yes, I absolutely 100% agree with you and, you know, uh, getting our, our our population off of these uh, SSRIs, there's MOI inhibitors, all these other band-aids, right, that uh, are just, you know, exacerbating some of the problems in many respects um, is, is, is a foot forward. So...
0: Did you know the Grunt Style Foundation serves our military and Veteran communities with everything they need to get on track, no matter their circumstances? From alternative medicine, mental health support, career resources, combating homelessness, food insecurity, and more, we are partisans for our community and will remain so with your support. Donate today, and together we will drive positive changes we desperately need. Someone has to, and we're stepping up. Are you, visit www.gruntstylefoundation.org and support a Veteran today.
1: Mr. Lavosco, uh when we come to the bills, right, you, you put one bill up previously, SB 2850, uh, and then uh, last week it was SB 869 uh, hitting the floor. Um, what's the difference between the two bills? And, you know, how how difficult was it to get co-sponsors?
2: Well, we're still working on co-sponsors. I don't have quite as many as we'd like just thus far. But, uh, you know, the difference mostly, uh, last year I kind of started with a, a very broad concept uh, the idea of uh, natural menaces in general, we had a, a, a wide amount of, uh, of different types of products that uh, we could use. We had a much looser definition of who would be eligible to, to receive treatment, where they can receive treatment. Uh, I try to keep it as, as freedom-oriented as possible because, as I said, I, I, the government staying out of this is, is the best that we can, you know, we can do. Uh, unfortunately, we had some pushback. Uh, there was a lot of people at the committee hearing uh, that heard this that uh, immediately started started uh, looking at, well, is this foot in the door to some kind of larger recreational program that's going to happen down the line? Uh, is this just a red herring and it's not really about medicine, it's really just about, uh, you know, some kind of selling, selling mushrooms on the street corner kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which of course is not the case. Uh, and so what we did, we took the feedback from the committee, we, we did some more research and we really determined that if we kept it simple, we kept it specifically to psilocybin, where the most research has been done. Uh, and we uh, basically eliminated the, the extra avenues of use and just kind of kept it focused on, you know, with a, 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 phys- a physician's uh, supervision um, in their presence, uh, you know, as, a, as an inpatient type experience. Um, that really eliminated all of those arguments, uh, the, the objections that, uh, you know, somehow little Johnny's going to get a hold of his, you know, father's prescription or whatnot and, and something bad was going to happen goes out the window when it's happening at doctor's office only. Uh, and so, while that wouldn't necessarily be as philosophically pure as I would prefer, I think uh, you know we could do better. Uh, as I said before, the reality is we need to get something passed as soon as we can, and if it has to be more narrow in order to do that, I'm willing to make those compromises in order to get this to be fit
1: Absolutely, that's fantastic. You know, and you know, we we see that a lot, right? Is you know, out of of a lot of the conversations, it seems the clutching of the pearls when it comes to um, psychedelics is 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 over the top right and it's like the, the first one you know, is like oh it's just gonna you know, proliferate and it's gonna be you know guys selling this on the corner well like that could already happen right now because like i can grow mushrooms right now <laughs> if i chose to i could literally just grow go and grow it and if i wanted to sell it i could do that right uh, just because the law says i can't doesn't mean it has limited my access right um so you know when we think about that, it, it it kind of incenses me to the sense of like, you know, you guys don't really want to solve this problem, right? When I when I think about a colleague, uh, you know, of yours that uh, was in you know, most recently in uh, St. Louis today, talking about her grave concerns uh, for psychedelics, uh, and she's you know trying to sell this as, uh, <clears throat> you know, well, I'm a psychiatrist and I have grave concerns. This is Representative Lisa. Thomas from uh, Republican of Lake Ozark. Uh, there are not enough studies, and even more of the studies that have been done and their conclusions acknowledge there's not enough research, and we don't know that these interactions uh, with other medical medications actually uh, uh, help individuals. But it wasn't a couple of weeks after that statement the first of two FDA breakthrough um, uh, findings were published, right? And, you know, to to be more specific for listeners out there that may not know what we're talking about, you know, uh, last year the, the FDA came out with two separate independent studies on two separate independent issues of anxiety and PTS where psilocybin was considered a breakthrough modality of treatment. And these individuals were being, you know, receptive in positive manners and walking away with only one treatment in the positive so what do you what do you what do you say to uh, your colleagues that want to stand up against that
2: you know i i would say that's it's an easy answer but it's not a factual one i think there is clearly plenty of studies that have indicated it's safe that this is not causing adverse effects sure you could argue that uh you know someone can have a bad experience and if you know, the doctor is is negligent and lets them leave the office too early and they decide immediately to jump onto a forklift and like drive it into a busload of orphans. Like you could, you could make up some scenario for literally everything we do here um, that, is, that is absurd and not likely to happen on any regular basis. Uh, the best we can do as lawmakers is analyze what are the major risks, the most likely uh, uh, adverse uh, uh, effects of our legislation and decide from there. And the reality is there aren't people going out and and doing psilocybin and and causing lots of problems. It's not causing additional crime. Uh, You know, I I got a little bit of a kick out of it. It was a shame, but uh, Missouri State Highway Patrol this year um, put a comment memo out in response to my refiled bill that, again, very narrow and indicated that, well, they're just opposed to, uh, you know, anything that would decriminalize or legalize any kind of drugs because they think that would increase crime. No explanation, no attempt to actually justify that complete, you know, hunch other than well they're just not comfortable with it. Right. well i can tell you what i'm not comfortable with and that's people committing suicide because they're not getting the help that they need. uh right. you know the idea that we're going to just sit on our hands and do nothing uh when all we really have to do is get of people's way uh is just it's just insane to me and I, i'm very glad that we're starting to see this turn the corner when it comes to being a, a serious issue that people are discussing right. uh, last year when i first put this bill up. uh uh, uh, uh People in the hallways would make jokes about, oh, you're the mushroom guy, and, and you know they they would act like this was not a serious uh, issue. Less than a year later, my bill was featured on Forbes website. This is something that is changing in the public narrative, and people are realizing that this is a serious medical treatment that needs serious consideration.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and, you know, and hats off to you to to taking those first steps, right? Uh, you know, being the innovator, the the leader. Uh, within within your 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 colleagues and saying you know what you know there's there is enough data out here we don't need to wait for more right because the the longer we wait the more veterans are going to commit suicide the the pattern's there we see it the pattern's not going down it's actually going up uh, and you know there's, so we can be, be part of the solution or we continue to exacerbate a problem. Um, you know and that goes and I'd love to hear your feedback you know as we talk on you know we're talking at a very state level right but as we talk more about this uh, on a federal level right we you know we we still haven't had federal easing of marijuana laws right from the DEA um you know and there's this conversation happening at the federal level to you know decriminalize from uh, schedule one to schedule three um you know but it is my opinion you know uh, once you give government power to, to wrestle that power back is damn near impossible, right? The the war on terror has been over for two years, and I still have to get my ass clamped every time I go through a TSA to fly on a plane, right? So where do we uh, where do where do we think the line will be drawn when it comes to this argument and the DEA? Because this is out of the FDA's hands at this point, right? They've already talked about how effective this 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 therapy is. Where do you see the line that that the, the next steps? And this might be, you know, I'd love to hear from you, Tony, and 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 e- Ebum, your, your your opinion as well.
2: I, mean, I I think a lot of it is just determined on whether or not we're ever going to abandon this failed concept of the war on drugs. Right. Uh, that's a political issue more than it is a scientific one. Uh, we've we've seen time and again how more government intervention is just causing more harm. You know, you might save somebody from hurting themselves on, on in one case. But in three or four other cases, uh, the government itself is the one causing the harm. Uh, right. And I think this is a perfect example. Um, you know, we're, we're not dealing with substances that are on their face so dangerous that even when used correctly, there's a high rate of, of death or, or serious illness. Uh, we're, we're dealing with things that, quite frankly, you have to go out of your way to hurt yourself with. Right. Um, I understand that people want to conflate the issues and it's very easy to say, Oh, we've got a fentanyl problem. People are dying left and right from that. And therefore, we have to crack down on this totally unrelated drug. Right? It, it's easy to get into that, that kind of mindset politically that, uh, well, it's just easier to just say no to drugs across the board, right? right. And uh, history in the last 40 years has shown that that doesn't work that way, that everything is different. You have to look at things case by case. Not only do you have to ev- uh, evaluate the science of any particular substance, but the role in prohibition in general. Anytime the government says that you can't have something, whether that's for medicinal purposes or otherwise, you're going to have people that are going to try to do it anyway, and there's going to be negative consequences to that as well that no one ever really looks at. So I think that that's part of the wider picture. We're finally starting to see, uh, you know, the the general consumer base uh, start to understand some of those issues and, and kind of move off square one, but we still got a long way to go.
1: Yeah, yeah it seems like uh, America has a, you know, this this weird relationship with moral authority. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah Tim you know I'll, I'll follow that so since we since the United States enacted the Federal Controlled Substances Act, I can't think of one schedule one drug that has been moved down to a lower schedule right So I understand the skepticism of people who have the wrong idea about these medicines right It is incredible and extraordinary that we are now in a time where the Food and Drug Administration is potentially within a year or two of moving MDMA and psilocybin off of schedule one to potentially schedule three. So, you know, even though we've got the clinical data, even though the federal government is actually doing its job here and, and uh, doing, uh, and and, and maybe acting slower than we would like, but acting, right. It's, uh, it's only now beginning to seep into the popular consciousness and, and understanding, especially in The uh, political world that you know this is something real right this is not um, you know some some crazy you know wackadoodle plan right this is something that can help people that can be implemented in efficacious ways with uh, treatment modalities that can truly save lives and um, part of that is i think that uh with our opiate and methamphetamine crises um America has really had to reframe the way that they think of dangerous drugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other half of that is that in the last 10 years, we've seen an explosion of clinical research. Here in St. Louis, Missouri, we have two stage two clinical trials for psilocybin at Washington University. We have another set of clinical trials across the border in Kansas for psilocybin and DMT. And the data out of those trials is undeniable, right? But it still takes people a second to digest that and process it. And, uh, you know, I think the testimonials and the advocacy that Brown Style and the veteran community at large have had a significant impact. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to Representative Volvasca here for really leading the way and socializing this issue first off, and then helping promulgate the understanding that these are valuable and efficacious me- medicines that we need at a really crucial time in our society.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the for me, <clears throat> yeah, it really comes down to this very basic idea. You know, uh, I spent uh, a considerable time of my life uh, defending my country as a United States Marine. Raised my hand, did the whole thing, went to combat, and came back a broken person. Um, and the very idea that I have to go to Mexico, Peru, South America, Ecuador to get this treatment, you know, that... That, I, that 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 has happened to me for the from the service of my country and that i can't do it within the, the borders of the united states it's absurd it's absolutely absurd and i for one i'm not going to take it anymore and i'm not going to watch any more of of my friends and my family and my loved ones you know that are struggling to uh put their life back together uh or, you know, for whatever trauma that they have experienced, you know take their life, right? We just had a, a, a ranger last week, uh, take his life, Joseph Kappa, uh, pretty pretty recognized uh, special force operator, right And you know the same thing happens every time. The, the community will buzz, they'll circle around this idea. and we'll say we need to do a better job. We need to call each other, we need to do buddy checks and we need to do this and we need to do that. We need to do all these things and that lasts for about two weeks until the next suicide. Like why, we don't need to do this anymore. We can, there are better solutions and it's growing right out of the ground in many circumstances and we can cure ourselves. You know, this medicine's not for everybody, I get that. Right, and it, and it needs to be controlled because it is powerful, powerful work. Right. This is not. This is not. You just walk into be like, hey, man, it's Friday night. Let's uh, let's go, uh, like, take two couple doses of uh, ayahuasca and see what happens. No, that's not what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about sitting in a controlled area, with a shaman, uh, uh somebody that is, you know, been sitting with the medicine for a very long time and understands the power of this of this and treatments like psilocybin, uh, and administrating it to controlled settings, and then going through the integration work of saying, hey. How are you now integrating all of these things into your life so that you can be a better person? Thank you for joining the show today. Your work on this subject has been extraordinary and we look forward to uh, doing more with you over the next coming months to get this legislation passed. Uh, So let's pick up the, you know, carry on the conversation here, Tony. Um, You know, with the bill now being on the floor uh, and you're building a coalition of uh, co-sponsors to get uh, behind this bill, what can constituents of Missouri do to support you?
2: Well, unfortunately we're not quite at the floor schedule just yet. Uh, so I did file the bill. Um, we have uh, talked to the speaker's office about uh, getting it to a committee working here to hear- receive a hearing. Uh, we're expecting to, to have that uh, next week or so. Uh, and then from there, once we're on the schedule, we actually know specifically when we're gonna have the hearing, uh, You know, actually a date and time and, uh, and a place. Um, at that point, it's just a matter of uh, trying to get some folks together to testify in favor of the bill. And more specifically, to contact the legislators on the actual committee and let them know that you feel strongly about this and you, you think it's something that Missouri should look into. Uh, I think that once we start uh, getting that process rolling, the ball going uh, in committee, uh, I think that's where the momentum starts, and I think that's our best shot.
1: Fantastic. Are there any final words that you'd like to share with our listeners on this particular subject?
2: Uh, you know, I think it's easy. I think, uh, you know, you need to spread the message to as many folks, uh, you know, that you can because it's, it's bigger than any one community. I think that anytime that you're gonna ask people to make big changes to uh, kind of the structure of things uh, in areas that are uncharted waters, and for Missouri, this is definitely new. Um, you have to make them feel comfortable and, and, and make them recognize that this is something that is beyond just a fringe issue. Um, you know, there are beyond the, the first responders, veterans, uh, you know, there's everyday folks that battle with severe depression and, and other types of ailments. Uh, terminal illnesses, we didn't even touch on that, uh, are covered in the bill as well. Uh, so there's a wide variety of people that could benefit from this type of uh, of medicine. And uh, the idea that we want to uh, make sure that everyone knows about it and that this is an option that, that will hopefully soon be available, uh, yeah, that's important. The the one thing that uh, I would say is, is the biggest takeaway is, you know, we are a still a very conservative state in Missouri. We are not looking to subsidize this or to provide it for free. Uh, we're not asking the government to pay for it. We're just asking them to not throw people in a cage for wanting to get treatment. Uh, right. And if we with that and if we can spread that message, uh, you know, I think people will really accept what we're trying to do here.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little a little bit of dignity, right, And taking care of their mental, their mental health, their terminal illnesses, their ailments, you know, all these different things that this uh, plant-based medicine has uh, solutions for. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us here at uh, Gaslighting the Warfighter. I want to thank you, Representative Tony Delasco, for the work that you're doing within the great state of Missouri and being a a force of change and leading the conversation uh, in in many respects on, on this particularly tough issue of veteran suicide, veteran mental health. Uh, within the United States. So uh, I'm, I'm very proud to, to, to know you and uh, to, to share this time with you. And I look forward to uh, beating the halls of Congress in the great state of Missouri along your side uh, to get this bill passed. So uh, until then, my friend, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you all for joining us on another episode of Gaslighting the Warfighter. You can check us out on all of your download content, uh, Gruntstyle, all of our Facebook and social medias, and check us out. We'll see you around next time. And uh, as always, be kind to one another and wash those stinking hands. And we'll see you next time.
0: The Grunt Style Foundation is moving forward with purpose. Thanks to support from members of the community like you, we have begun to turn the tide in the fight against toxic exposure, PTSD, and veteran homelessness, among other things. This is a fight some people don't believe can or should be fought. Respectfully, they can sit on a cactus and spin. We are in this for our brothers and our sisters. So the challenge is accepted. Let's be the change we need somebody has to be. Visit www.gruntstylefoundation.org and donate today.